being chased, thrown on the run, and it is caught. Touchdown, Keenan Allen. What a grab. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, that's what I'm talking about. That's the warrior spirit right there, boy. Huge sack by Joey Bosa. 90-yard touchdown. 90-yard touchdown. It's going to be picked off at the 8-yard line by Derwin James. Herbert sets his feet, takes a shot downfield, has Knighton. Caught. Touchdown, Chargers. That's the greatest throw I've ever seen. Now, what is up, both familia? Welcome to the Thunderdown Under Chargers podcast, and welcome back to Bolts Football after a much required soothing week off. I am Andy Prophet, your host, and if I were to oddly liken myself to Spike Dudley, then the two gentlemen I share this studio with would be akin <laughs> and another, none other to a white Devon and Big Bubba Ray. Alistair Lloyd and Jack Reed, what is up, fellas? <laughs> Wowee. I'm trying to Come do the Devon dance. dance. Yeah, God, that's throwing it back. That's throwing it to Fox Eight at three, four PM on a on a school day, watching some, watching a bit of wrestling. Yeah, I good. thought I'd give the rhyming banter a bit of a breather, try something new, and it popped through my head like Jeff Hardy through a fold out table. Uh, always get always good to get the two of you laughing, and uh, uh, a good way to kick things off on the show. Obviously, folks, no game to review this week. But a mighty big game coming up in Week Six at SoFi Stadium with the Chargers hosting Dem Dallas Cowboys. The scapegoat Kellen Moore up against his former home of four years. More of that to get stuck into shortly. Jack has a bit of fun in store for us coming up, and I will revisit my QB power rankings up to and including week five of the season. See how my predictions at the start of the year have fared. Maybe create a bit of controversy among NFL fans alike with where I see all the 32 starters currently sitting. Before we get into the meat of tonight's sandwich, let's take stock of the start of the season, fellas. Jack, what springs to mind for you through the first four weeks? Yeah, I've been doing some reflecting over the last couple of days about the first quarter of the season and have tried to compress everything that I want to kind of say into three little things or three words. And I'm gonna call them the three C's. And what I'm hoping to see more of throughout the next three quarters of the season are consistency, coherency, and calmness. And what I say with that is I think the consistency at a micro and at a macro level would be nice to see from players all the way through to uh, offense, defense, special teams, coaching decisions, um, all the way through to a little bit more consistency in how we approach each week as well. And let's not have too many more JC Jackson Apples in the apple cart upsetting it all. Um, coherency is very similar. And the fans on Twitter to... as well, Jack, need to be consistent. Week okay. <laughs> there we go. All right. Well, well, we'll try and be consistent as well. Coherency. Let's start to see this team gel a bit more across all three phases and also uh, in each phase specifically. And I just want to see a bit more calmness and clarity with how we play. Let's just stop playing too hard. Let's stop this scared Staley on the sidelines. Let's just see some calm. Go out and do your jobs, guys. Um, because I think those three things have kind of been missing in the first quarter of the season. Yeah, love it. Uh, taking Jack's alphabet game with CCC and going a bit further, I'm just going to go more traditional with the O and the D. And with the offense, I think if if we kind of looked at the start of the year and thought, what are these things we want to see with a Kellen Moore offense? I think we've got some of the main things. So Herbert's like eighth in the league with big time throw rate. We thought fantastic. 
He's gone up a bit in his turnover-worthy play rate. He's the 11th worst. But remember in the preseason, we said that's actually okay. His average depth of target is sixth in the NFL and zero batted passes. And he led the league last year. So if you look at it from that kind of standpoint, love it. things are going pretty well and we'd love it. And I'm trying to be positive to start this show. Positive stuff on the defense, which is obviously struggling in a lot of the key metrics. But if you want to look at any kind of cause for optimism, the rush yards allowed per attempt are middle of the league, 15th, which is a big improvement for this particular group. And then I don't know how consistent this is, but the team after week four was sixth on defense in third down conversions allowed, only 31.9%. Doesn't include some penalties and pop up pointed this out so yes there have been some bad penalties on third and long but overall you'd say sixth on a third down defense is very good and then the team's red zone defense is 13th so even though we're allowing a lot of pass yards too many points if you're looking for why this could be a great week to have had the buy and players come back you go the offense is hitting on some of those big ticket items and the defense is some of those reasons why we've won the game is those things third down red zone turnovers they're some of my positive reflections yeah, look, I think you both make really good points, Jack. You've been on the the um, the cohesion and the consistency, and for that, you are maintaining your consistent uh, train of thought and always going meta and looking at things from a whole. Um, and Al, I think you make a really good point. We the negatives, the big knock on the defense so far has been unquestionably the the explosive plays allowed um, in the secondary and. From the first game against the Dolphins, where we allowed, I think, 17 uh, passes of over 10 yards, we've now turned and look, we're still um, 32nd in pass yards allowed per game in the league, which is um, a pretty damning stat. But we're, I think we've moved down to 10th to or something uh, in terms of explosive plays allowed now. So we're, we are slowly tightening it up. Um, and a lot of that has been due to a lack of consistency through the personnel in the secondary, you know, um, with how JC was sort of thrust into things. Now he's gone. I thought the the press conference with Michael Davis was mm. um, the obvious thing that we sort of needed to hear of, you know, we've had all this, un just weren't sure. We're always competing and um, it seemed like more competing than you'd normally expect uh, from a pro sports kind of outlook, if that makes sense. You're always competing for that CB1 role, but there's just like a, we weren't that close and it's like we're kind of butting heads a bit and there's just no no gelling in that unit. So look, there's positive outlook for those things. I think as far as Herbert's concerned, the stats is one thing, but also just to see his growth as a leader and a pro QB and his awareness, his pocket presence, um, he's, he's throwing the team on his back. He'll eat. He'll eat hot wings with uh, with Eastern Stick, but he'll be damned if he lets that guy take the field. He'll go back onto the field with a uh, broken finger, <laughs> yeah. and he'll and he'll throw this team on his back. And it's it's fantastic to see. A couple of negatives. I still think that uh, the issues are showing early on in the year with Staley's lack of want to play starters in the preseason. And look, you can't address everywhere. Um, everywhere on the field, but I think I'm concerned still about the lack of want to address the tight end position uh, in this off season. And dare I say it's still giving McKitty a, a job is uh, just crazy business. But look, on the whole, from what started out to be 
a real head in hands kind of year. Um, yeah. I see things turning around and look, we've, we've now squared up the ledger, uh, to two and two. Um, and Hey, we're, we're hosting a, a cowboy, a three and two Cowboys team that have beaten nobodies and got their absolute pants pulled down on Monday night, fo- uh, Monday night football, well, sorry, Sunday night football last weekend against a, a red hot 49ers. Um, so look, obviously there's concerns and there's this fire coming from the, the Twitter fans and everything, but there are, there are definite positives and, and signs of growth and improvement as, um, as these four weeks have kind of grown on. So not too bad. Um, let's get stuck into the Cowboys game. Shall we fellas? Unless there's anything further to add on that front. Uh, like I said, we've got them in primetime football Monday night at SoFi this week coming up. Uh, unfortunately, due to this later game, neither team has released their injury reports, but we have learnt a little from the press conferences so far. Austin Eckler has self-reported as being as 99% confident. He'll be ready to slap at a base and rock out from the backfield. Uh, it would be awesome to have 30 back in the fold, both in the pass and the run game. Safeties, Derwin James and Aloha Gilman angling to be back in. And with a little bit more uncertainty, Joey Bosa to return to what I'm calling the pass rush thrandom of Thule the Toolman, Tui Pelotu, and Khalil Sixak Mac, hoping to replicate some of the destruction that 49ers D-line did unto Daki Scott. Obviously still no Corey Lindsley on IR with his ticker issue, nor JT Woods, but there is a bit of word that Otito Obonia is sort of gearing up to hit the practice squad and maybe Jalen Guyton as well, who both started the year on the pup list. Although, to my knowledge, neither have been given the sort of 21-day practice um, nod as per the requirements. But things are trending okay on that front. Over to you, Jackus, to talk us a little, through a little bit more about the Week 5 uh, Cowboys-Niners game. Yeah, it's good fun to watch if you hate Dallas and you're a 49ers supporter. <laughs> Typical, yeah, typical Shanahan uh, performance. They are looking like the kings of the NFC. Uh, They played incredibly well on both sides of the ball, all three phases, actually. Dallas got completely manhandled or Shanahandled, should I say. Uh, The Dallas defense also played played a lot. They played hard for the first half, but they were on the field uh, thanks to Dak's three INTs. Uh, Dak didn't have a good one, and he looked like he busted his finger up a little bit too. Uh, I guess the main injuries from that, not only it was Dak's finger, I'm sure he'll be fine to play. That was also on his throwing hand, though, whereas Herbert's was not on his throwing hand. Uh, Leighton Van Der Esch went off with a pretty, looked like a severe neck injury. He's got a history of those, so uh, he won't, definitely won't be uh, suiting up when we play, which is a big loss because he is in the heart of that defense. He makes it go, and he's kind of that Luke keekley esque discount, maybe, kind of player. Um, and a couple of their special teamers well, got injuries. Well. Yeah, he's playing well. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think the the Dallas Cowboys defense is deadly. Uh, Micah yeah. Parsons didn't have a good game. He's going to have a fire lit up under his bottom. Uh, and Dak and the offense will want to come out and prove something. So we're, it's kind of not really what, I, what I'd hoped for because there's been a lot of heat on Prescott and McCarthy and the Cowboys, and they're going to come out and want to try and prove something. I was hoping for more of a close game where both sides really go at it. But, uh, yeah, it, at, at the end of the day, I really enjoyed watching it, as, as I do with any Shanahan um, running scheme and George Kittle getting three TDs, doing the old Sam Laporta, George Kittle, Iowa sort of connection, which is pretty cool. So, no, it was a good, good game play to watch. was good as well for that It was touchdown. awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was. 
And I noticed the last thing um, right at the end, I'm pretty sure the touchdown to use check was an ode to uh, John Gruden and his favorite play, Spider 2 Y Banana in the red zone where you leak the fullback out in the flat yep. with the wide tight end. I'm pretty sure Shanahan's gone, okay, Mr. Texas Coast, West Coast, Mike McCarthy, here's a staple from every West Coast playbook in the NFL, 42-10. See you later. It was good to see. <laughs> it was good. Second. Awesome to see, really. It just went to show, I think, it, it kind of pulled the mask off this 3-1 and one Dallas team. They've, you know, We'll get into more about who they've actually beaten. Um and why I think that they're a little bit of a pretender at the minute um, and really just sort of hard to kind of pick what kind of operation this team is um, on both sides of the ball, doing some things well, doing other things really poorly and just being, a you know, to, to Jack's really just lacking a lot of consistency across their, um, across their play. But look, I'm really loving Brock Purdy and watching him and um, he's just doing some awesome stuff and he week by week is just telling – Telling the NFL world that I'm not just a system quarterback and I'm making elite reads and hitting tight, tight windows. And it's really fun to see. And I am one of those people that doesn't like the Cowboys and I loved that football game. So very fun. Hopefully we can continue to uh, knock down this, this Cowboys trend and uh, shut up them boys. Um, righto. I'll get into some of the Cowboys' strengths as we move forward previewing this game. There's been a lot of conversation. This is not necessarily a strength, but there's been a lot of conversation about this uh, starting five on the O-line. Um, last weekend was the first time that they had all played together, I think, since Tyler Smith was drafted. Correct me if I'm wrong there, but first time since 2021 anyway. Um, gave up 18 pressures and three sacks. And for what Mike McCarthy is trying to do to secure this the safety of uh, the ball um getting the ball out quickly daft through three picks and just got rocked and look you can kind of understand that against this uh that Niners d-line but i just wanted to touch on that because it's just a uh that was a very fun stat there are players on this dallas team that regardless of where they are at in the season so far cannot be disregarded Micah Parsons, as you mentioned, Jack, was pretty quiet. But the pairing of him and Demarcus Lawrence, four sacks to Parsons, 29 QB pressures. Demarcus Lawrence, two sacks and 17 pressures of his of his own is going to be an absolute handful for Rashawn Slater and Trey Pipkins. Um, I think having Eckler back, to your point that you've made the last couple of weeks, Jack, is going to be very, very important in the pass blocking. Um, and it sort of hammers home my concern about what our tight ends are doing in terms of pass blocking of their own, because those two guys on the end are going to need help, uh, especially with Corey Lindsley not playing and Will Clapp being in the zone there. So that's the biggest concern for me uh, on from their defense. I will obviously touch on cornerback Deron Bland, who's taken over from the loss of Trayvon Diggs, playing that sort of high, that top boundary Cornerback, he is tied first in the NFL for interceptions with three. Two of those came against Mac Jones, uh, and he's allowing the lowest passer rating in the NFL with 30.7. So he is doing a job back there. Uh, offensively, CD Lamb has, I think, had 55 or less receiving yards the last three games. There has been numerous reports of concern from from him coming out of the identity of this offense. He doesn't yeah. know what's going on. It is delicious 
to Love listen it. to and to watch. Um, just his demeanor stinks, and probably rightfully so. He's just not getting the football, but he's also a very good receiver. So definitely can't disregard him or you know count him out. Tony Pollard as well. Um, a big point is that the Chargers are allowing the fifth most receiving yards to running backs so far in the league. Josh Jacobs, eight for 81 last week, was mm. pretty clear cut on this stat. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a fair bit of that out of the backfield, Tony Pollard being used in the receiving game. Um, and look, I I think that it's a bit of smoke and mirrors that the Chargers' rush defense is 14th with 104 yards per game because teams have been able to gain pass yards or air yards. So um, it's a little bit of a, a miss, a Mister, um, sorry, a uh, just a bit misguiding to say that our rush defense has been that much improved uh, when we are allowing a lot of uh, yards through the air. I'll throw to either of you if you've got any other um, big concerns over this uh, this Cowboys strength. Al? I, look, I kind of think Jake Ferguson's a bit underrated in terms of being a, a sneaky strength. He's having a relatively good year. Uh, I, I agree with you in t totally about Deron Bland. I mean, I love that guy. Last year, he was a fifth round pick out of Fresno, who I kind of liked as a sleeper. And he had five interceptions last year as a rookie. Mm. Kind of stepped in when he was called for. And now he's a slot cornerback usually, and he just steps in when Diggs goes out. He's really good. Uh, as a cornerback. So I agree entirely. Um, Jack, I was going to ask you something actually to go a bit off script about the, the Cowboys O-line because like there are a couple of players I like, a couple of players I've got question marks. Did you notice anything in that Niners game? I know they got Nick Bozo, who's a great rusher. Yeah, they got, uh, I wouldn't say abused, but I mean, Dak was all over the shop. So I think not having Zach Martin in a lot of the preseason because he was holding out for money. Yeah. Um, that seems to me to have impacted uh, the way that they protect Dak. So listen, as I said, they're going up against probably one of the best front sevens in the league, if not the best front seven with yeah. Warner and Greenlaw behind there who are just absolute mm -hmm. ballers. Um, what We can only hope that um, Dak has another crappy game i just don't think he will dax like this he goes up and down and as a, as we might catch him on a good week so all we've got to do is just keep up with them that, that's all we've got to do um, and just put the pressure on mccarthy too i think he uh, i love seeing him uh flail sometimes because he's had a all generation quarterback and aaron Rodgers, and i think covered up a lot of cracks that McCarthy had in that Green Bay Super Bowl run and those those high finishes. Now he's got a quarterback who's maybe not as good as Aaron Rodgers. Uh, definitely not. So, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Agreed. I, I wanted to call out though, the play of Tyler Smith there. Last year was a rookie. Now a second-year guard is the highest-graded guard in all of football, according to PFF. So he's done a really good job, and that looks like a big hit for the Cowboys. Uh, a few weaknesses, boys, things that we can potentially exploit, opportunities to win this game. I just noticed that they're struggling a bit with the wide receiver group outside of the obvious CD Lamb. Between Michael Gallup and Brandon Cooks, they had zero contested catches against the 49ers. And I noticed that the Niners played mostly with a press man technique, jamming them at the line. Mm. And the way that this kind of... Dallas offense wants to manifest itself is getting the ball out of Dak's hands very quickly with short yep. passes. It's kind of similar to how 
Lombardi scheme ran in a way. So if you can stop those wide receivers getting open quickly because you've held up their route at the line of scrimmage, that's where we saw Dak struggle. And later in the game, that kind of resulted in interceptions. So I think if we can find a way to shut down CD Lamb, easier said than done. Maybe it's utilization of Derwin or whatever. That's something that they have not had another receiver step up yet to be that wide receiver two that they really need. Isn't it, Alistair, isn't it a bit of a misnomer to say that Brandon Cooks and Michael Gallup have no contested catches given the type of receivers that they are? I mean, are they, yeah. as, who on the Dallas def, uh, offense is con, con, uh, catching contested balls? I mean, CD Lamb, I bet he's more on that X role where he's speed across the field. So Yeah, well, like Gallup is supposed to be more like a Cortland Sutton, Mike Williams. Like if he's anything, he's an outside possession receiver. CD Lamb's lining up in the slot on 70% yeah. of his snaps. He's kind of like Keenan where he, you know, he can play outside, but they like to use him inside to kind of run option routes and choice routes because he's so good after the catch. But uh, yes, look, point taken. Brandon Cooks, that's not what he's there for, but like that's not what, what QJ is there for for us. But hopefully it's one of those offenses where we can shut it down like the Niners did, although question if we've got the same defensive personnel. <laughs> um, another <laughs> an, another quick little weakness before I, I throw to you guys to, to chuck a few in of your own. Uh, I thought their right tackle, Terrence Steele, really struggling. Really, really struggling. Dak at the moment is pressured on 51. He was pressured on 51.9% of his snaps last week. And together, that whole group allowed 18 pressures. Terrence Steele had a 36 overall PFF grade with an 8.4 pass blocking grade. (laughs) That's shocking. Nick Bosa went to town. (laughs) And on the season... He's allowed 14 pressures, 50.8 overall grade. Wow. So right tackle, line up over the right tackle, boys. Two of them, Tooley, Mac, Boza, go to work. Uh, all right, I throw around the grounds, Andy. Any other kind of weaknesses of these um, starry-eyed cowboys that occur to you? Yeah, it's not a logo, it's a rating, and it's one star. Um Big chat. When I have no control over the outcome, I just love those little quips. Like I saw a meme of uh, Mike McCarthy on the sideline, um, like Peter Griffin with a headset on and a Denny's menu. And man, that made me laugh. Got to be careful though, uh, talking trash because it'll come back to bite you. I will talk a bit, a little bit more, just comparing the two teams, uh, mainly sort of Dallas and looking at just, I said that they're sort of consistent points per game. They're eighth. Um, they're 10th for rushing, passing, like you pointed out really well, uh, Al, they're 20th. They're only sort of getting those 200, 200 odd yards a game. Um, their red zone, I, I, I think I spoke about this in the preseason when we looked at the, the opponent series. Without Ezekiel Elliott, I really question how they're going to be in the red zone. They're 28th at 36.84%. Um, they're, they're doing all right as Suck far as... Suck shit, fuckers. So we're fifth. <laughs> we're fifth. And that is exactly what Kellen Moore brought. Do you know when Kellen Moore yeah. was there, they were like one of the best red zone teams? Yeah. And now suddenly we're one of the best when we, were, we weren't as good with Lombardi. Um, yeah. Anyway. There's, uh, there's, a, there's a few really good points uh, that come along. Um, look, you'd never want to cheer for injuries, but Leighton Vander Esch is a big loss. And the return of Austin Eckler into the passing game is a really good, you know, counter, counter sway uh, on that side of things. They're, the Cowboys are ranked second in pass defense as far as uh, yards allowed with 168.6. 
but 21st for rush yards. And the way that um, Josh Kelly's been playing, him coupled with Austin Eckler, sort of taking the main weight off him is a big benefit for us, I think. Um, sneaky good, the Cowboys are with their takeaways. They're tied second with 11th. I just want to have a look now at, very quickly, how the Cowboys have gone in these games where they've beaten the Giants, beaten the Patriots, lost to the Cardinals, and they've come up against the 49ers. So uh, the massive ones, total offense, they were down 130 yards on their season uh, averages. Um, in every defensive metric, they had given up more yards, um, allowed more third down completions. Uh, their red zone defense, well, the 49ers went five from five in the red zone and put points up against this defense. So they were just absolutely shot. So does it go to show that, look, sure, um, the 49ers are a very well-rounded football team and a very well-drilled football team. Something you might not be able to necessarily say with absolute confidence about the Chargers, but against a good quarterback who can operate, is this Dallas defense a fraud? Um, I don't, I don't know. Uh, it'll be really interesting to see because I, I saw a lot of just apart from Bland, really, like a lot of their guys getting torched um, to numerous different receivers. I just think that once they've come up against a a good uh, a good team, they they really shit the bed. Um, over the five games, five turnovers on offense, four of them were against the 49ers. So you get that pressure into to Dak and this offense early. Like you said as well, Al, um, that press man, he, the, the, this Texas Coast offense is trying to get the ball out of Dak's hands quickly, quick completions, um, shorter depth of target, just so he can protect the ball more because he led the league in interceptions last year. So getting just sort of styming his... Um, his operation really got to him. There's also been a lot of chat that um, McCarthy spent 20 hours a day in the office since this loss to the 49ers. And he's telling his, his other coaches, don't go home to your families. We've got to work. How much, how much is this loss to the 49ers going to seep with or stay with them into this week and beyond? Uh, are they, a lot of chat from Micah Parsons is just continuous. I actually listened oddly enough to Richard Sherman and Skip Bayless. And the talk was how much they're still worried about that loss and not moving on from it and focusing. I think that kind of bodes well for us in a weird uh, psychological way, but um, look, keep worrying about the past and we'll operate in the present. And um, I think it's, uh, it's, it's up for, it's ours for the taking, to be honest. Jack, are there any more uh, op um, opportunities for the Chargers in this matchup that you see? I'll just go keys to victory, I think. So uh, we saw the Shanahan scheme use all weapons in his Swiss Army knife. I would expect something of the same. We know that the ball is going to go to Keenan. Let's get the hands back. Let's get the ball back in the hands of Austin Eckler. Let's get QJ involved. Let's get Palmer involved. Let's get Everett involved. Uh, let's use Herbert's legs a little bit. I, I would really like to see that from the get-go. I don't really want to see a run-run pass on the first series and it's a failed run of two, then it's another little run, then it's like, oh, look look for Keenan at, at the sticks. So, um, and also they are the Cowboys. The pressure is just mounting on them. They America's team. They need to perform. Jerry's always in the stands. Uh, so hopefully in this sense, the pressure is off us. Staley's taken the pressure gauge off of 
uh, our guys and we can go into this game nice and positive with a calmness, a coherency and a consistency. There you go, rounded. Love out. it, love it, love it. Got a, got uh, a score prediction there, mate? Uh, I will go 30 to 20 charges. Oh, oh yes. Okay. Smocking. A few random keys on offense. I think there are chances with our rush offense in this one, straight up the middle. The middle of that defense is squishy. Odigazoo is pretty good, but Marzi Smith is struggling. And I think Hankins is, well, he was getting blown off the ball against the Niners. So don't be afraid to run it early. We badly need something from either QJ or Darius Davis in this game. Some explosive plays to help Keenan out. Because Gilmore and Bland and even Jordan Lewis, the slot cornerback, they can still play. So looking at one of those boys to step up. And Jack, you'll love this. I think this is the time to introduce the old dagger concept. Because if you looked at the game against the Niners, they opened up the middle of the field. They used Jennings as a clear out route with Debo running the dig inside for that deep completion where Debo caught it and ran across the field. That's the dagger concept. Let's see if we can deploy something similar. On the defense... I've discussed the cornerback jams at the line, but I reckon be prepared to get dirty in the run game because I think they're going to try it on with early gap runs. You're going to have to be tough to stop that early otherwise, and get them into kind of long down and distance must-pass situations and be patient and disciplined. Dak's first interception was not thrown until six minutes remaining in the third quarter when they got desperate against the Niners. He ended up with three. So the goal is to establish a lead early, force them out of the running game, capitalize on those mistakes charges 27 cowboys 17 this will be the high watermark emotionally for this season we'll be feeling a lot better after monday night football okay i like it i like it i'm not going to add too much more just over the top um if you get ahead of the cowboys and you keep them relatively scoreless in the first quarter it's shown this year they struggle fighting back from a deficit so Hit them early. You guys have made really good points about... I'm, I'm interested to see what we do in terms of running the ball up the middle behind Will Clapp. Surely with um, Corey Lindsley, I'd bang that home too. Um, but look, getting the speed around the around the edge is going to be very difficult with Lawrence and Michael Parsons. So it's going to be a way that we've got to give it a go and it, it can only not work, right? So I'm going 28-24. Uh, I still just cannot yet... Uh, bring myself to back the charges by more than a close one. Um, but look, here's hoping the two of you are right. And a 10 point margin is the way to go. I'm still, I'm going to pick the, pick the charges over the Cowboys and three, and th uh, three and two heading into the chiefs the following week. Let's go. Let's go. All right, Jack, your time to shine, mate. What do you got for us? Right. So Alistair, uh, a couple of weeks ago said, Jack, you have the, Control, dare I say, over the middle part of the show agenda. And so I put on my thinking cap and I said, well, what can we do that's a bit of fun? At the moment, everyone believes they're Tom Telesco or someone even more in terms of a GM. So there's all this guesswork on Twitter about, do we get Hunter Henry? Do we get Kyle Pitts? Do we get a what? Do, do we trade for Justin Jefferson, who's just gone on IR? So in the... Best interests of, I'm going to, I guess, uh, pontificating and 
thinking about who we might be able to keep, cut, or trade. This game is called exactly that, KCT. It's a little bit of an alteration on the uh, F marry kill game. I'm going to put some three, or I'm going to put three players to each one of Andy and Alistair, and they're going to have to decide who to keep, who to cut, and who to trade. And they can do whatever they want. Um, they can take the uh, the three in, in any which way. So I hope that was as clear as mud. What was Alistair, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to, well, <laughs> I know that I have some students listening to this podcast, so I'm now censoring myself. Uh, Alistair, okay. I'm going to give you the first one. So keep, cut, or trade Justin Herbert, Derwin James, or Joey Bosa. What are your thoughts? Go. Oh, man. Okay. Well, the keep is easy. Justin Herbert, the king pawn ain't going nowhere. Uh, I've spoken about Joey Bowser needing to or uh, flirting him as a trade candidate in the preseason. My view hasn't really changed because he has not really been available. I don't know if it would be great to make that type of move in the middle of this season when we're trying to win now. However, it depends. Could we get a player back and also some picks? I'm not sure. Do the Vikes want to part with Daniil Hunter as a kind of rental for one year? Who knows? But if we're going to get rid of Bowser, I'd say, look, at least we've got Tooley in-house and Mac. Derwin, I just I wouldn't want to, but if you're going to make me cut one of them, I think you're going to get more in return for a pass rusher like Bozer than you are in Derwin. So sadly, I've cut Derwin. I've cut cut the heart and soul <laughs> player of the defense who just maybe will follow his buddy JC Jackson and get signed to New England. That's my answer. Well, when you're a GM, mate, you've got to be cutthroat, and you have been cutthroat in this first one. All right, Andy, uh, you're up next. I am giving you – I'm going to go with this one. Zion Johnson, Jamari Salia, or Rayshawn Slater? Who are you keeping, who are you cutting, and who are you trading? Ooh, golly. Who am I keep, cut, and trade? Uh – I think as far as oh, as far as uh, trade value goes, I'm going to go with Slater. Um, I'm going to cut Zion, and I'm going to keep Jamari Salia. Wow! Okay. I'm seeing. I'm Just seeing. Holy moly, <laughs> mate! I'm seeing positional versatility uh, in Jamari. He has really, really impressed me. I think he's yep. he's had better games than Zion has in their young careers, uh, and like I said. Look, I, I, I mean, I don't really want to part ways with either three of them, um, but I think you can probably get the best money for Jam out of trying to trade out Slater. I and love also, it. In his return from the biceps injury, I actually, he's, he's been good, but he he's had he's had some down moments. So. <laughs> Wow, eh? Okay. Yeah, you got to be cutthroat in this game. And uh, for the listeners out there, this is a good game for you to play as well if you wanted to. All right, Alistair, I'm going to throw it back to you. I'm going to give you a more challenging one, and I'd love to hear your different views, perhaps. Uh, Tuli Tui Pelotu, Quinton Johnson, and Darius Davis. What are you doing there? Oh, man. Okay, I'm, I'm cutting Darius Davis. I'm cutting him because I think it is easy to find a replacement punt returner, wide receiver for whatever he is, than the other two. The other two are high capital caliber draft picks. Um, I'm trading Quentin Johnson because I didn't want us to ever draft him. Does not mean that I don't think he could be okay, but hasn't started well. He definitely hasn't made me feel like I was wrong about my preseason kind of take. 
Whereas Torley's just been a, a legendary force to start his career. Um, and wide receivers are quite valued. So maybe you could get some decent capital in return. So I'm getting trading, trading QJ, keeping Torley, cutting the speed freak. Well, Alistair as a GM is very easy. Just hang a pass rusher out there and he'll just jump on him. <laughs> Clearly got a clear philosophy behind it. I like it. All right, Andy, I'll, I'll give you a bit more of a layup then. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see what you do in there. This is the running back room. So this is Austin Eckler, Isaiah Spiller, and Joshua Kelly. Now, remember, you got to cut one, you got to trade one and keep one. And this is for this season. This is for right now. This is for right now, perhaps. Uh, I'm going to keep Eckler. I'm going to trade Kelly and cut Spiller. I don't really see any other way around that. Yeah. You, I was thinking that you could trade Eckler, keep Spiller, cut Kelly. I don't know. But yeah, for right now, we're Eckler, screwed. We're screwed either way. You could trade yeah, him to for a right team now, who want him for, for the right rest now, of the year. For the rest of this year, you could do that. Uh, and look, you might be shooting yourself in the foot by having Eckler walk at the end of the year, but um, I just see this offense is absolutely shot if you get rid of Austin Eckler over the other two. 100%. And, and there's obviously no, dots a, in there as well. It's six of one, half, half a dozen of the other between the other two for mine, trading and cutting. All right. All right, Alistair. Let's go. Trey Pipkins, Aloha Gilman, and Corey Lindsley. As I said, these are no positional. I'm I'm throwing in a safety with two offensive linemen here. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Mm. God. Um, I'm trading Pipkins. I think his uh, contract is tradable. Not too long. A lot of teams want a starter on the O-line. And I don't feel that bad if we push Sawley out to right guard and brought in Bailey or someone in to play guard. Push Sawley like out that? to right tackle. Like so that. I'm trading Pippi. Uh, I am I'm cutting Lindsley because of the, the just the question mark around uh, his future at the moment. I know that sounds rough, and uh, you know there could be some financial consequences. I haven't thought about there. I can almost hear Tao typing away right now furiously. <laughs> but you know what? Aloy Gilman is really doing well. He's one of the few bright spots in the defense at the moment, and he, I think he comes out of contract at the end of the year anyway. So he's playing himself into a nice free agency deal, which means we'll get a comp pick when he invariably leaves at the end of the year. So that those are my answers for that one. Okay, well, don't mind that one. All right, Andy, your favorite. Here we go. Donald Parham, Cameron Dicker, or Trey McKitty? Cut McKitty. <laughs> Straight away. That was Straight quicker up. the ball comes out of Prescott's hands. <laughs> yeah. It was just like, yeah. right out of here. Thank you for this one. Uh, Dicker or Parham? Trade Parham, keep Dicker. I think that's what I would have done too. Cameron Dicker, weirdly, has been... At, we don't have to worry... Wow, I'm not going to say anything. Not going to jinx it. We're keeping Cameron Dicker. Well, actually, just okay. that, watching them, seeing the Chargers go for that 53-yarder says so much about what he means to this team. Even though he missed, it's the the faith in that. Yes. I, I see that as you know being a really important thing. Very happy with Agreed. him. Agreed. 
Agreed. All right, Alistair, I've got I've got one more to you, Alistair, and then I'm going to end. I'm going to give you both one at the end to see the difference in the uh, the question or the, the answer, I should say. Uh, Alistair, SJD, Austin Johnson, or Tito Obonia? Keep, trade, cut. Oh, man. Um, That's a hard one. Jeez, okay. I'm I'm cutting Austin Johnson. Wow. All right. Doesn't look, yeah, I know it's harsh. It, do, it doesn't look like he's returned from his injury particularly well. And uh, Obonia does have the benefit of another three years on a rookie deal. I know he's returning from a really rough surgery, but like Johnson's out of contract soon anyway, and neither him nor SJG have performed particularly well. So I've got to cut one. I don't think Austin Johnson has much trade value. So I'm cutting him. I'm trading SJD. And I am going to keep the young buck. Hope he gets better and stronger under cost control for three years. Big risk. Big risk Lots with uh, risk. Patella. Oh, okay. No, no risk it, no biscuit. <laughs> okay. Uh, so what I'll do is I've got this last one, and this is probably the most poignant one, I would suggest. Uh, Andy, I'll go to your answer first. Alistair, you have your answer and see if you don't, don't change it depending on what Andy says. So we're going back to the wide receiver room. Uh, who are we keeping? Who are we cutting? And who are we trading? Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Josh Palmer. And I'm throwing a fourth one in there that you've got to cut as well. Quinton Johnson. So out of all those four, you've got to cut two, keep one, trade one. What are you doing? Andrew Scott profit. Uh, I'm keeping Keenan. I'll trade Mike and I'll cut the other two. Ooh. Yep. Josh Palmer. See you later. Not good enough. Yep. Quinton Johnson haven't performed. We should have picked Jordan Addison. And look, I get it. We've got Quinton Johnson under cost control, but we'll get more. I arguably even off the back of an ACL more out of Mike Williams and Keenan staying in the house for sure. Yeah, so he's almost talking himself out of his decision there, and I'm going to step in and say, I ain't trading a, play, trading a play on his ACL. I'm cutting the ACL guy. I'll trade QJ, hoping there's still some GM out there who had a high draft grade on him five weeks ago, and that let him do that. But I agree that Keenan... Keenan is a career charger. I want him to retire wearing, wearing the powder blues. And Josh Palmer, you're never really in the in my thought process there at all. Tata. Oh, look at that. I, I love that we've got at the at our two GMs and Andrew and Alistair got a heart of blue. Keep Keenan. So hopefully he can go on to have a Hall of Fame career for the Chargers. And that is uh Keep Cut Trade. There we go. That was good fun. Well done. Under the under the pump, some of those ones. Fair's fair. Alistair is far more attuned to be a GM. I'm more of the uh, the ball boy turned vaping head coach. <laughs> On the sideline, cracking funnies in the um, in the press conference. Thanks for that, Jack. That's um, that was good fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get smashed by Tau for that. Uh, you should have considered this and the value of that. So you know, that's always good fun. Uh, all right, guys. Um, to round out the show, I'm just going to revisit my quarterback ranking interesting to note at this part of the year before i throw up my graphic on the screen for you visual joiners tonight the viewers on youtube um we rarely get to see the same 32 quarterbacks starting um considering you know injuries benchings so i've put a prerequisite um minimum 90 dropbacks per pff which gives me 32 33 
but 32, one from each team. There will be uh, new additions to this list, notably Zach Wilson in for Aaron Rodgers at the Jets. So uh, give me a mo and I'll share that up. I'm just going to read through them and you guys can jump in, tell me I'm an idiot. We'll have a good conversation about it. Um, here we go. All right. So I've got the uh, the players listed there and their previous... Uh, sorry about that. Their previous ranking. So at 32, uh, Bryce Young down six spots from where he started. <laughs> Ooh. 31, Mac Jones. 30, Zach Wilson. Um, he was not ranked last time. Rogers was Rogers started the year at sixth before lasting no longer than the opening verse of Star Spangled Banner. Daniel Jones <laughs> at 29, Desmond Ritter at 28, Joshua Dobbs 27, Sam Howell 26. Jordan Love, 25. Deshaun Watson, 24. Kenny Pickett, 23. Jimmy G at 22. Gardner Minshew at 21. Uh, mm-hmm. He was not ranked at the start. I had Richardson, Anthony Richardson starting at 29. Justin Fields at 20. Russell Wilson at 19. Derek Carr at 18. Ryan Tannehill at 17. Uh, the first big jumper. Baker Mayfield in at 16. He was at 28 last time. Dak Prescott at 15. Joe Burrow at 14. Seems rough. I know that he has prodigious talent, but he's playing obviously on his calf injury and he dug the Bengals a big hole. CJ Stroud, another big jumper up to number 13, uh, breaking rookie QB records already and has impressed me a lot with the Texans. Geno Smith at 12. Matthew Stafford at four, winding the clock back for the big fella. Mm. Mm. Averaging over 40 pass attempts um, a game. Kirk Cousins, 10. Jalen Hurts, 9. Lamar Jackson, 8. Jared Goff in at 6. Brock Purdy, a massive leap from 20 to 6. Trevor Lawrence at 5. Justin Herbert, 4. Tua Tagovailoa at 3. Josh Allen, 2. And Patrick Mahomes, the last two unchanged from their original rankings. Guys, what jumps out to you? And I will field your questions. There was an, an immediate, I'm just going to take that uh, visual down. There was an immediate gasp from the Bryce Young, but, you know, it's kind of hard to put a guy in who's, you know, got a PFF rating of 48.4 in an 0-5 team. It's, um, it's a rough uh, trial by fire with him at the, uh, at the Panthers. Do you mind nice. leaving that up? So yeah, could you could you leave it up, yeah, Andy? Yeah. Actually, so we can see. Absolutely, yeah, yeah for sure, guys. I, the biggest one for me, I, I I didn't think Jordan Love. I thought Jordan Love might have slipped a little more because there I saw on X or Instagram today that he is one of the worst first half quarterbacks in the league, but his second halves are very very strong. And Des Ritter has impressed me, and Josh Dobbs just walking in and, and doing his job. So. Um, and Howell's been interesting too. I mean, I, I would have personally, I would have seen Jordan Love uh, perhaps drop a little more, but um, I think that I love seeing Mac Jones down there, and I love seeing Daniel Jones. The two Jones, the Jones boys, are just stinking <laughs> it up. So, uh, Alistair, what jumped out to you, mate? Davy Jones. Um, yeah, <laughs> Dave, yeah, Dave yeah. Jones, yeah. But, um, I, look, I've got no qualms with kind of the bottom rung of of some of those quarterbacks. I kind of there's none there where I think, oh, you shouldn't be in the bottom quarter. Like I understand you're thinking for all of them. Justin Fields is interesting as a player who could have gone either way. We all were sort of high on him. We've all been a bit surprised, but I wouldn't be surprised 
if in your next ranking, Andy, he's kind of jumped up a bit because it mm. looks like he might have turned that corner. With Chase Claypool out of the building? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yep, yep. The wannabe model. CJ Stroud, I mean, it, I agree. If this ranking is just, you know, how you've gone this year as quarterbacks, what an incredible performance from the rookie. Oh, yes, he's, I should have prefaced so. that. It is, it is how I find that the QB is playing within their environment. So this is relative to, you know, O-line ranking and, you know, um, their yards per attempt, overall yards, just how much the quarterback's being used and just things that I've seen. I, look, I haven't watched every every team, every game, um, but there's been enough that I've sort of been able to generate this. And that's the that's the nature of the beauty of these things is that you can, they fluctuate. Um, I do a little bit of a weekly shift uh, offline um, for those who are concerned that I'm just pulling this shit out of my ass. Uh, but yeah, to your point, Al, CJ Stroud is just doing some awesome, awesome stuff with that, um, that Texans team. Now, to be less nice, I'm just trying to think, is there any I, I, I strongly disagree with? Not strongly. Like, I think Trevor Lawrence, maybe it's a little generous for him to be top five. I think I think Hertz is probably a bit higher than he is, would be one comment. Purdy's going to cause some yeah, angst, but it's... That's... it's but it's hard, to, like it's hard to argue strongly against it, right? That last performance against cow the Cowboys was magnificent. He's throwing with so much anticipation. It, I know he gets the benefit Ridiculous. of scheme, but he's executing it as well as you possibly could. If I was going to move him at all, I'd just move him behind a couple of those quarterbacks beneath him. I maybe would put Purdy at nine, and then Goff and. But I mean, is Lamar, has Lamar Jackson had a better year than Purdy? Probably not. So. Yeah. No, like, like, I don't disagree with much of this. Baker Mayfield, Jack, what do you think of him all the way at 16? I know. I thought Baker Mayfield would be a bottom four. Uh, but credit Has he played where like credit's a bottom due. Four no, 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 no. He's, he's not playing like Daniel Jones, uh, a Mac Jones. Uh, Bryce Young, again, I still think is harsh, but. Um, and. Are we, are we being harsh on Zach Wilson? Yeah, listen, he's not great, but he's been thrust into a guy who was going to be a top 10 and they're winning some football games. So it's that's an interesting one. Baker Mayfield, mm -hmm. I, I'm still not sold on him. I never was sold on him. I thought he was always a little bit too braggadocious and a little bit too me, me, me uh, to, to be successful at the NFL level. But he had a couple of good years in Cleveland and... He's proving to be a, you know, whenever an organization win a, wins a Super Bowl, they've got to be doing something right at some level. So I think that the Buccaneers uh, will be fine. I mean, what's his name? Um, who's their big receiver? Just said he's going to try free agency. Mike Evans. Um, Mike Evans. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, he's, he's, well. yeah, I mean, he's still got good weapons around him. So um, would hey, I have him in there? I think the Bucs O-line's ranked one, not like first by PFF at the moment, which... Surprise me, yeah. but um, yeah. just on Purdy, nine TDs, zero interceptions, 9.3 yards per attempt behind the 27th ranked O-line. That's ludicrous. Some pretty, pretty incredible stuff. And sure, he's got weapons galore, but like, man, they're 5-0 and oh, and he's, you know, 1271 yards. Man, he's, he's playing awesome, awesome football. Does Herbert so, deserve to be fourth? PFF have him as their 14th ranked quarterback at through five weeks. Now I think they can blow it out their ass, Bill, but yeah, fourth, look, uh, just a question. What do you reckon? Oh, maybe that'll shift. If he has a, has a poor game this weekend, touch wood, um, maybe that will drop down. But 
oh, look, I, I think the way that Herbert's now using his legs, commanding this offense, um, it's yeah, it's awesome. He's just he's balling. Are, are we going to question the top two? Because I was arguably, about to say, like, oh, arguably yeah, you'd yeah, have not, to not too, uh, much, not too much. Josh, Josh Allen, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Well, his, last, his last game was flawless. His first game against yeah. the Jets was bad. Against the Dolphins, that's one of the that's maybe the oh. performance of the year for a quarterback. And barely like, this is this is where Four you kind of get smashed yards. because this is where you kind of get smashed because if you're going based on just how the 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 quarterback is playing this year, you'd arguably have Jared Goff at number one. But yes. just the way that he's playing inside that um, that Ben Johnson offense, um, you know, he's only three turnover worthy plays. So so they know that they're um, they know that they're you know they're crafting that offense to minimize his errors. Uh, but he's yeah. he's still playing way beyond what I thought he was capable of doing, even as a former first overall pick. Like I said, and there's been elements. I think Kirk Cousins is for everything that we yeah, I thought criticize Kirk him might for. Might have been further could down, have, actually. Yeah. Really? Yeah. See, I I could have thought he's he's right up there, almost fifteen hundred yards, thirteen TDs to four Steady. picks. Um, he's he's doing all right. He's yeah consistent. We'll see what happens now that Jefferson's been placed on IR with that hammy. Um, and did and you put Ryan Tannehill up five just because he beat the Chargers, or are you no, trying to sort of make just, are you sort of make yeah. us look better? Or <laughs> <laughs> it's a very fair point, but I just think that there have been like there have been quarterbacks that have just not really been better than him. Um, I yeah. think there's just been a lot of underperformers uh, so far. Daniel Jones was higher than him. I, I think I had Mac, uh, maybe had Mac Jones higher than him as well. Uh, Deshaun Watson, what the hell is with that guy? Um, Fields, Wilson, you know, there's just guys that I don't think have actually performed better than him necessarily as far as like contributing to their team. Um, and look, he's not awesome, but they're, uh, they're, do they're doing all right. The, the Titans, I thought they'd fall off the perch, but um, they're just hanging around. Okay. And like I said, that's the enjoyable thing about compiling these lists is it's really my good. fucking yeah. list. And they they, they change, they're fluid. So it's just um, a nice little talking point. And uh, yeah, come at me on, on Twitter and whatever. I enjoy it. No, you've done a fine job. Not too much disagreement why, from me, that's, that's for sure. It's not easy to put these things together. And, uh, no, it does yeah, take I, a bit I of like work. It. There's I a lot it. of things to consider. So yeah, it's good fun. Um, yeah, cool. Tell us what you think in the comments, guys. Um, I love hearing this and I love, I love hearing your thoughts and how you... Grade your QBs. Um, just yeah, really I quickly, I'm just going through and I'm looking at coordinators and coaches of the top of the top half versus the bottom half. That's another interesting kind of uh, comparison to look at when you look at schemes. And it's interesting to see Mac Jones down. But I mean, Brian. I mean, those people that wanted Brian Dayball at the Chargers and saying that we got a discount in Brandon Staley. I don't, I guess the argument could be that, you know, Daniel Jones is not Justin Herbert, but uh, that team is not good. That team is not good. And for all this rumors that Bill Belichick is coming to, where is that coming from? Please stop, <laughs> stop, 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 stop. Just shut Do up. Do you really think shut you up. accept, accept uh, oh. like answering to John Spanos for decisions Absolutely he wants to make? Not. Unbelievable. Absolutely not. It's fun, Unbelievable. Though, right? oh. And you know, it's, it's achieved exactly what it intends to. It's clickbait. Mm. 
and it's just thrown out a little gummy worm for you and hum 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 you've chomped at it and uh now it's on our podcast so i think the jim harbour if anything were to happen um the jim harbour fantasy would probably be more uh believable i guess agree yeah no it's good any well done that's great nice job Ah, cheers fellas um yeah, enjoyed putting that together and, yeah, just enjoy sort of watching it all change and, and shift. So uh, there you go. All righty, guys. Um, well, that's all from, from me. Is there anything either of you want to add before we uh, enjoy, first of all, a divisional game on Thursday night football, tomorrow morning our time, Chiefs, Donkeys, and then uh, a Sunday free of heartache before our Monday night gets real exciting and the charges. this game is so important it is so important to the discourse in. around the team for staley for kellen moore for mccarthy for parsons defensive player of the year for herbert for Derwin. it's it's a huge contest huge absolutely absolutely well we've gone three and oh from us getting the win um we'll be chucking al will be chucking up a twitter poll no doubt coming up soon. Let's hope for some uh, plus seven margins uh, like the uh, the other two boys have. Well, guys, enjoy your uh, enjoy your weekends. And thanks for joining us again on the Thunder Down Under podcast. We will see you again soon. Celebrate the Chargers win over the Cowboys. Till then, bolt the fuck up. Bye. See you next time. See you, guys. Bye. Firing, he's got Floyd turning, got it, 6 a.m., 10, 5, high